I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. Uh, before I get into uh, this past weekend's fights, including Gennady Golovkin versus Vanez Mardiozian and uh, David Be- or sorry David Hay versus Tony Bellew, I want to talk about the previous weekend's fights. Now, uh, as you may or may not recall, just before uh, the last podcast ended, I mentioned I was going to the Calgary Expo that Saturday and Sunday. So I get back from the Expo about. Um, probably 6 30 on saturday night and as soon as i get home you know i probably have a half hour and then pbc on uh fox is on so naturally i have to watch that and i text uh my old man in ontario tell him look if you're still awake you know watch this because you, you might find it interesting and then i get a text back well are they going to be good fights do you think there will be any knockouts and I don't know. I don't know, to be quite honest. Maybe? Possibly? I don't know. I mean, you don't really know how good or bad something is until it's all over. But uh, anyway, Claudio Marrero got the show started with a quick 30-second knockout of Jorge Lara. And, you know, even before the fight starts, my dad's texting me again saying, Oh, these guys look small. And it's like, okay, yeah, I, I would expect guys in the featherweight division to be somewhat small in stature but then bang oh Marrero just lands this beautiful 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 left left hand just drops Lara and the referee should have stopped the fight just a bit sooner because like the first as soon as you see Lara's face you can tell he's out of it dude's done but uh he keeps uh trying to get up falls over the referee stops the fight and as uh, Marrero's cornermen are jumping into the corner. Lara's kind of standing up and like he almost has his arms out like to the referee like, what's the big deal? I'm so good. But then as he's doing that, he starts to fall over again. It's like, dude, no, 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 no. You, the, the, you know, this is a mercy you're being given. So, you know, take it. I mean, yes, it sucks. You're undefeated and, you know, that's your first loss terrible way to get your first loss i can imagine but uh that's just the way it is and unfortunately i i think this caused a bit of a bit of a problem for the folks at pbc because they realized oh crap um you know we don't have anthony durrell and abraham Hahn quite as ready as we thought we would for their bout so let's just fill some airtime let's keep talking they actually showed this weird commercial i think they showed it twice during the broadcast for the wbc and i just thought did we just come back from commercial break to watch a commercial for the wbc what is this either way it it was just very confusing but uh then we get to uh second bout of the evening anthony durrell 31 wins at the time or at the time of going into the fight 31 wins one loss one draw against abraham Hahn, who had 26 wins three losses and one draw uh they also announced i think it was before the fight that this was going to be anthony durrell's final year as a professional fighter uh he's 33 years old he briefly held the wbc super middleweight title he won that from saki obika and unfortunately he lost it in his first defense against badu jack the the, the fight against han was good 
but there were times where I kind of felt, you know, Durrell could have put the pressure on. He he really could have applied himself more. He was landing a, you know, he would land an uppercut at times, just beautiful. And credit to Abraham Hahn for hanging in there because you can tell he's making an effort of it, but his effort just isn't enough. And I kind of wish that Durrell's effort was a bit more because I thought you could end this. You could end this right here. You could you could probably stop this guy and that would help set you up for bigger fights in the future because I mean at this rate he's probably going to have at he's probably hoping for two more fights but at if he's you know he's an Al Heyman fighter so you know he'll be lucky if he gets another fight this year in all honesty but uh you know it is what it is like I said I thought it could have been better for um for Anthony Durrell, but very technical fight. But I mean, it's not like uh, it's not like Anthony Durrell is known for exciting fights. And that brings us to the main event of the evening, which was Josecito Lopez taking on the undefeated Miguel Cruz. Josecito Lopez came into the ring with a record of 35 wins, seven losses, against Miguel Cruz, who was undefeated, 17 wins, and. If I'm reading this correctly, yeah, 11 wins coming by way of knockout for Miguel Cruz. And I kind of had the feeling going into this fight, all right, this is, you know, sort of a, a coming out party for Miguel Cruz. I mean, they're, they're going to be testing him against the, the somewhat seasoned veteran in Jose Cito Lopez, who's had some pretty good fights. Uh, obviously, his biggest victory is the upset against former welterweight champion Victor Ortiz, broke Ortiz's jaw. But like like in the the Ortiz fight, it seems that uh, Josecito Lopez has the uncanny ability to sometimes upset the apple cart. And don't ask me why I use that aged analogy. That was, I'm really dating myself, and I'm not even 32 yet. But regardless, you could kind of tell by the second round that uh, Cruz knew that you know, this was not who he expected to uh, be in the be across the ring from him. I mean, he, he I, I wrote on Twitter that he looked surprised by who's in front of him. And Cruz kept getting warning for uh, low blows. Lopez was looking really good. And then I found out that he's being trained by Robert Garcia. And you know what? It, it looks like it's paying off for him. It, it honest to God does. And at, at one point, you know, the, the low blows kept coming. Like, Cruz is, just keeps landing them. And I wondered, is he getting frustrated? Is he doing this on purpose in the hopes that, you know, that that he'll get disqualified? He can't really say, well, you never beat me. I, I, I just got disqualified. It wasn't really my fault. But, um, you know, I, I looking back at it, it's like, hmm, I don't know. Maybe it was part frustration. Maybe it was, you know... Unfortunately, that that's just where his fist was landing, but I, that, that's not much of an excuse. But regardless, great win for Josecito Lopez. Kind of keeps him alive. He won by scores of 99-89 twice and 98-90. to Tremendous uh, job by Josecito Lopez. Really surprised me. Was landing some good hard shots. Cruz, I, I'm sure that he will come back, but uh, obviously he just wasn't ready to step up his game against Josecito Lopez. Anyway, I thought that was a good fight. 
or sorry, not a good fight, but I, rather, I thought that the whole program itself was pretty good. I kind of wish that we were getting more PBC uh, shows on, you know, uh, well, more or less channels that I can get on my cable package, unfortunately. I do wish that uh, they would have shown more fights. I mean, they, it seems like they had time. They, I wish we could have seen uh, Erickson Lubin uh, uh, going off against Sil uh, Silverio Ortiz. Now, Lubin, as you know, uh, this was his first fight after his uh, first-round knockout loss to uh, Jermel Charlo. So it would have been interesting to see how he bounced back. Uh, he earned a technical draw against uh, Silverio Ortiz. I mean, he got the victory, but it was a technical ruling. So obviously, there must have been a headbutt or a cut of some kind. But... I, either way, I, I think PBC needs to learn, all right, we need to have some sort of contingency if uh, if our first fight doesn't even make it out of the first minute. Moving on, I have a question for you, dear listeners. Is it possible to more or less waste 10 years of a boxing career? A boxing career that has quite a, quite a good amount of potential. If you're David Hay... The answer is yes, there is a way. Let's look over the last 10 years of David Hayes' career. Okay, so, you know, and I'm going by 10 years exactly, like to the date. In fact, you know what, screw it. Let's go to the date of his last fight, which was against Tony Bellew. All right? We'll get to that eventually, don't worry. But So, November 15th, 2008. Makes his heavyweight debut against Monty Barrett. Knocks him out. Okay, you know what? Decent test for somebody moving up to the heavyweight division and hoping to one day challenge the heavyweight champion of the world, Vladimir Klitschko. Nikolai Voluev. He wins a majority decision against him in 2009. Okay, uh, not too bad. I mean, let's be honest. Voluev did hold the WBA heavyweight title. So, eh. I'll give him that, but, you know, the best you can manage is a majority decision? Whew. I expect better of you. John Ruiz. I didn't even know he was still fighting then, to be quite honest. I thought Ruiz had retired in 2010. That's when he and uh, David Hay fought. But, okay, he, he knocked out John Ruiz. You know, thank God, banish him. Banish him from boxing, and he was, because uh, John Ruiz never fought again. Next fight, Audley Harrison. Well, Audley should have Audley been in the ring. Okay, that, that was pitiful. Maybe I should have done the Macho Man impression instead of a bad British accent, but come on! You're making that you're making a defense of the heavy of your heavyweight title, and you think the best opponent is Audley Harrison? A guy who landed only one punch in the whole in the whole fight. I mean, granted, I, I, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Like, I, I okay. What if if Ali Harrison had only landed one punch? That would have been acceptable if the fight went one round. It went three rounds. He threw 32, landed one. You threw 71, landed 24, and okay, yeah, you beat him, but again, like, what the hell are you doing, man? 
Yeah, it, it's probably some whole British pride thing. Like, I only thought he was the best. I thought I, I thought I was the best, so I'm going to knock him out. And it's just, you know, pointless. Pointless. But now, all right. Vladimir Klitschko. Here we go. We're, we're going to go against uh, the reigning... The reigning heavyweight champion of the world. All right, this this is going to be good. David Hayes been talking a big game about this for years, like for three years, ever since he beat Enzo Macronelli to unify the cruiserweight championship. He said that he was going to go after Vladimir Klitschko and that he was going to beat him and that he was going to clean up that sucky division, referring to the heavyweight division. So gets into the ring and does nothing. You know what? We we shouldn't shouldn't have been surprised that it was not the most entertaining fight of the year. It probably wasn't even the most entertaining fight of the month. But for God's sakes, David, hey, if you're gonna talk a big game, you know I expect you to like do better. And then you you know landing only seventy two punches throughout the whole fight compared to Klitschko's one hundred thirty four. I mean, let's be honest, Klitschko isn't. A high activity fighter but like i said i expect more and then blames the whole the whole his whole shoddy performance on his broken toe i you know you, you and when i heard that i was like no he, he didn't really blame it on oh my god he did blame it on his toe oh come on no, I, I just didn't get it. So at that point, I, I, I'm pretty sure that he did retire some uh, some time after that, that he did announce his retirement. But then he comes back for whatever the hell reason to fight Derek Chisora, uh, knocked him out, and I think that was something like five rounds? Yeah, five rounds. Pretty decent, entertaining scrap. But you know what? It's kind of like, well, what was the point of that? What really was the point? Then, you know, he takes almost four years off. Then he comes back against Mark DeMori. And Arnold... Oh, God, I'm going to have a hard time pronouncing that. Arnold Jajaj. And don't don't get on my case like, Oh, Andrew, that's insensitive. You tell me how to pronounce this surname. G-J-E-R-G-J-A-J. That sounds like a noise Arnold Schwarzenegger makes in Total Recall. Either way. So then, you know, he finally, he has the fights against Tony Bellew. Gets stopped in, I think it was, yeah, round 11. He got stopped. And this past Saturday, David A. once again stopped. And hopefully... If David Hay is smart, he will retire. Because after this performance, I'm just, you know, you haven't done anything. Yeah, you had some good moments, but okay, who are they against? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just... I'm tired of this guy. You know what? I, I was okay with everything leading up to the Klitschko fight. Because I figured, alright, this is going to be... You know, I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards Vladimir, but I think that uh, David Hayes is going to make it a very difficult fight for him. And it was just so disappointing. 
that you know I didn't want anything more of him. I'm so pleased with Tony Bellew. Oh my gosh, you know, it, it, it's so cool when I when I tell people who tell me. Uh, at work it's like you know i did like the movie creed it's like oh you know the guy who was in that movie he's actually a real boxer oh is he any good it's like hell yeah you know then i tell them about how he's won the cruiserweight title and you know just beat david hay twice so my congratulations to tony bellew let's hope that david hay does the smart thing and just walks away from the sport for good for good you know, stick to your haymaker promotions or whatever. If that's still around, I don't know. Nor do I care at this point. I feel that I have wasted enough time thinking about you and talking about you on this podcast. However, Justin does say that, you know, you should find a way to extend the length of these podcasts. I mean, you know, we don't want five-minute podcasts. N- not yet, anyway. But <laughs> moving on. This past Saturday, also, Gennady Golovkin did exactly what was expected of him against Vanez Martirosian. He just knocked out Martirosian in the second round. Just he he looked like he looked like I don't I don't want to uh, sound like Max Kellerman, but he did look like the old Triple G uh, in his past two fights. Uh, he had gone the decision, uh, gone the distance. I'm sorry, twice against Daniel Jacobs and Canelo Alvarez. He got the decision against uh, Jacobs, got a draw against Alvarez, very disputed draw, which, you know, I thought he should have gotten. But regardless, he was originally supposed to be fighting Canelo this weekend, obviously due to some bad meat. Again, Oscar, buy your guy Alberta beef. But uh, (laughs) that didn't happen. So uh, Martirosian... To his credit, even though he hadn't fought in something like, yeah, he, he hadn't fought in almost two years and coming off a loss to Arislandi Lara, he decides, okay, I'm going to fight Triple G. And coming in, he actually did look, hey, th- he's, he's not intimidated by Triple G. He's landing some good shots. But then in the second round, it's like, it was almost like Glovkin said, okay, now it's my turn. And it only takes one hard shot for Golovkin to start to break a guy down and that's just how it went and down goes Martirosian and he's just flat on his stomach and yeah referee reached 10 the 19th defense of his middleweight title for Gennady Golovkin wow now the question is okay are we going to get a fight with Canelo Alvarez next? I mean, is it possible that we are looking for the rematch to happen on Mexican Independence Day? As you know, this past Saturday was Cinco de Mayo, biggest Mexican holiday that I can think of. But uh, can we get one for Mexican Independence Day? Well, Max Kellerman got in the ring and asked uh, Golovkin exactly that. How does it feel to get a knockout under your belt? It's been a minute. I feel great. I come back. I come back. Gennady, Vanis came over to me a moment ago and said, that is the hardest puncher I've ever faced. Do you feel like you had your power back tonight? Why weren't you able to do this in your last two fights? Excuse me. Give me a chance. I want to first of all, thanks. Thank you very much. 
Thank you very much, my friends from Kazakhstan, my family, and of course, my old friends of the world. Thank you very much. It's huge support. And of course, yeah, Vanessa he is a very good fighter. He punched me a couple of times. You know, just after first round, I said, this is serious business. This is serious fight. That's what it looked like. It looked like he got your attention at the end of the first round and you came out all business in the second. Absolutely. This is uh, my second, second round is all business. First round, just I'm looking just his strategy because I know his team, very good team. Congrats. And just, you know, just second round, this is true business. Given the date at which Canelo had to pull out of tonight's fight that was supposed to take place in Las Vegas, you had to come up with a last-minute replacement opponent. Vonis has a name. He's a good fighter. He's a known fighter. He has a pleasing style. So it's understandable that he's a, a, a replacement opponent. But now this fight is over. The middleweight division is chock full of opponents who suddenly seem willing to fight you. What do you want to happen now? I want everybody. First of all, this is Bell, this is Cinco de Maya, thank you, WBC family. This is big gift to all people, so congrats guys, that's Cinco de Maya, forever. When you say everyone, obviously the hope would be a Canelo rematch on Mexican Independence Day weekend. Is that what you're interested in? Absolutely, he's, he's ready, just I'm ready every time. Are there any other middleweights out there who you'd be interested in making a fight with? Doesn't matter for me. I'm I'm still champion. Last nine years, just I have a lot of belts. Just guys, just come and just take my belt. But the reason I ask for names now is because a couple years ago the division didn't have a lot of interesting fighters. But now Daniel Jacobs has made a real name for himself. Charlo is there. Andrade's around. There are suddenly a lot of good fighters in the division. Are there any of those name fighters who are elite fighters that you would like to fight? Hopefully. Hopefully, we're very soon see you this fight with these guys. It doesn't matter for me. With who? To clean out the division. Absolutely. Gennady, thank you very much. Good to see you again. Hope to see you in several months in the ring with Canelo. Thank you very much. Th thank you very much for everybody, for your support, and congratulations for Cinco de Maya. Thank you, guys. Jim. I think what everybody does want to see is the rematch between Canelo and Triple G. It's what I want to see. It's what we wanted to see this evening or this past Saturday to begin with. But uh, because of some non-Alberta beef, that's not that's not what happened. So we got Vanas Martirosian, who it, thankfully Triple G did what was expected to him against an opponent like that, and that's not a knock on Martirosian. It's really not meant as one, but um, you know, after the fight, uh, I heard I heard some very interesting commentary from Max Kellerman again, and I'm going to play that for you too right now. How does it feel to get a knockout under your belt? It's been a minute. I feel great. I come back. I come back. Gennady, Vanas came over to me a moment ago and said that is the hardest puncher I've ever faced. Do you feel like you had your power back tonight? Why weren't you able to do this in your last two fights? Excuse me, give me a chance. Just I want to first of all thank, thank you very much. Thank you very much, my friends from Kazakhstan, my family, and of course, my old friends of the world. Thank you very much. It's 
huge support. And of course, yeah, Vanessa he is very good fighter. He punched me a couple of times, you know, just after first round, I said, this is serious business. This is serious fight. That's what it looked like. It looked like he got your attention at the end of the first round and you came out all business in the second. Absolutely. This is uh, my second second round is all business. First round, just I'm looking just his strategy because I know his team, very good team. Congrats. And just, you know, just second round, this is true business. Given the date at which Canelo had to pull out of tonight's fight that was supposed to take place in Las Vegas. You had to come up with a last minute replacement opponent. Vonis has a name, he's a good fighter, he's a known fighter, he has a pleasing style, so it's understandable that he's a, a, a replacement opponent. But now this fight is over, the middleweight division is chock full of opponents who suddenly seem willing to fight you. What do you want to happen now? I want everybody. First of all, this is Bell, this is Cinco de Maya, thank you, WBC family. This is big gift to all people, so congrats guys, just Cinco de Maya, forever. When you say everyone, obviously the hope would be a Canelo rematch on Mexican Independence Day weekend. Is that what you're interested in? Absolutely, if he's ready, just I'm ready every time. Are there any other middleweights out there who you'd be interested in making a fight with? Doesn't matter for me. I'm I'm still champion. Last nine years, just I have a lot of belts. Just guys, just come and just take my belt. But the reason I ask for names now is because a couple years ago the division didn't have a lot of interesting fighters. But now Daniel Jacobs has made a real name for himself. Charlo is there. Andrade's around. There are suddenly a lot of good fighters in the division. Are there any of those name fighters who are elite fighters that you would like to fight? Hopefully. Hopefully, we're very soon see you this fight with these guys. It doesn't matter for me. With who? To clean out the division. Absolutely. Gennady, thank you very much. Good to see you again. Hope to see you in several months in the ring with Canelo. Thank you very much. Th thank you very much for everybody, for your support, and congratulations for Cinco de Maya. Thank you, guys. Jim. I really don't know where Max is coming from with this. I mean, he's saying that he that uh, Triple G fought Daniel Jacobs and Canelo very differently from the way he fought Vanez Mariozian and other past opponents like Willie Monroe, Kell Brook, etc., etc. Oh, you mean so he has a sense of strategy? He actually is aware of his opponent's abilities and doesn't just go in there with the same style he always does? You mean he's a versatile fighter? Oh, well, th th this this is unbelievable. Wow. I mean, good Lord, Max. I mean, come on. I know you would like to see Triple G fight Canelo a certain way. I can understand that. You would like you would like him to fight in his Mexican style and make it a true classic. You would like to see uh, a new Hagler Hearns. I get that. But not every fight is going to be Hagler Hearns. I mean, the reason why Hagler Hearns was the way it was was because both men thought that that was the best way to get the other guy out of there. Tommy Hearns, he knew he had to get Hagler out of there right away because his uh, legs had been weakened due to a massage that had been given just before the fight. 
Hagler knew that he had to jump all over Tommy Hearns. So, I, I don't understand this. I mean, let, let's go back to Tommy Hearns. Tommy Hearns did not always knock out his opponents, okay? There, there was quite a while where, you know, people said, is he really the hitman anymore? I mean, he's got great, no he, does, he did have great knockout power, but, you know, sometimes he could be versatile. Watch his fight against Wilfred Benitez. Yes, he does knock Benitez down, but for the most part, that is an actually a very technical boxing match where Benitez, who it was regarded as a superior boxer, a boxing master, he was getting outboxed by Tommy Hearns, and Hearns was doing it with only one hand. So that's like complaining, oh, you know, you didn't fight, uh, you didn't fight um, Wilfred Benitez the same way you fought uh, this guy, uh, the, the, the same way that you fought Pepino Cuevas, of course not. They're different fighters. They have different styles. So I, I don't know where Max is coming from. But regardless, I do think that the Canelo match will be next. Hopefully, 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 no tainted meat, no PEDs of any kind will end up in any system of any combatant for this fight let's just make this fight happen moving on finally this evening we're going to be talking about this saturday's huge match vasil lomachenko versus jorge linares for the lightweight championship oh you you really you really can't ask for a better fight than this i suppose you could but uh why look a gift horse in the mouth yes Vasily Lomachenko, with a record of 10 wins, 1 loss, no draws, will be going up against Jorge Linares, 44 wins, 3 losses, 27 of uh, uh, Linares' wins are by way of knockout, 8 of Lomachenko's 10 victories are by way of knockout. This is a very, very, very interesting matchup, and you have to think about it like this, you know, Linares started his career in December of 2002, okay? He already had a featherweight title before Lomachenko won his first gold medal at the 2008 Olympics. Yeah, in, in uh, 2007, of, in July of 2007, against Oscar Larios, Linares won the WBC featherweight title, and uh, he also won the super featherweight title, and he's held two titles at lightweight. And compare that with uh, Lomachenko, who has held titles at featherweight, super featherweight. It, it, it's, wow. It, it, I don't know. I, I'm getting very excited for this fight. I haven't really been showing it a lot online, but this is a very intriguing matchup. you got two guys, one mostly amateur the other mostly professional and i oh part of me wants to lean towards lomachenko by the same time you cannot count out jorge linares because there have been points in his career where it's kind of looked like okay this is the end you know you're done it certainly looked that way in early 2012 when he suffered back-to-back -back losses against antonio demarco and sergio thompson or, sorry, the, the, the DeMarco fight happened uh, in, I think it was 
October the year before. Yeah, October. And then next year in 2012, he uh, got stopped by Sergio Thompson. But slowly but surely, he's been building his way back up to where in 2014, he won the WBC lightweight title. And he's held a version of the lightweight title ever since. Uh, he has added uh, the WBA title. He, for some reason, he just vacated or was stripped of the WBC I mean, we're not doing a commercial for the WBC on this broadcast, unfortunately, for them. But I, I can't help I, I can't help but want to feel that both guys have a chance in this fight. But just just looking at it, I have to lean towards Vasil Lomachenko. He is the younger guy. Uh, Lenaris is thirty-two and. Lomachenko is only 30. That may not count for much, but I think that Lomachenko just has more speed going for him. In his previous fight against Guillermo Rigondeaux, I thought that that was going to be a bit of a more even fight. Turns out, wasn't even close. Uh, Rigondeaux was was just being outclassed at every point. That I he just got frustrated and he quit on his stool. I don't think that that. That that's going to happen against Lenares. I honestly don't. I think that he's going to give in as long as he can. But I think that he, he does have a history of cuts. Lenares does. And the way I see this going is that Lomachenko is going to come in. He's going to use his speed and his footwork to make Lenares miss and then counter back. He's going to want to bust up Linares, and I think that he is going to. He's not going to. It's not going to be like an accumulation of punches or anything, but I think he's going to stop him on cuts in the ninth round. That's just how I see it. I sadly will not get to see this fight. I have to work, which sucks, but, you know, such is the life of the blue collar. So, uh,. I have to miss it. I will be hopefully doing another podcast next week or the week after to give you my thoughts on what did happen in the fight and, you know, toot my own horn about being correct in my prediction or, you know, just to laugh at myself for making another foolish prediction. I'll say it once again. I see Lomachenko stopping Jorge Linares on cuts in the ninth round. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash boxingforfree. Be like Eris Lendi Lara, Robert Guerrero, Berman Stavern, Miller Zizek, Adonis Stevenson, Glenn Johnson. Wow, that's a lot of famous boxers and hundreds of others. And follow us on Twitter. Go to youtube.com slash boxingforfree and like us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash boxingforfree page. You can subscribe on iTunes, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. Major, shut that thing off!